That's kind of where we ended up with that. Uh, if you would, just bow your heads with me before we get started here. Yes. Absolutely. Just Heavenly Father, Lord God, we're gathered here tonight, Lord, seeking your face, God, and, and wanting to feel your presence in our lives, Lord, that's why we're here, Lord, we want to fill it with our family, Lord, we want to unite in spirit together, Lord, we want to carry each other's burdens, Lord, and, and help bear the load for one another, that it makes it easier for one another, knowing that they have support and love from a family that truly cares, that is not judgmental. Lord God, help us be that for one another, Lord, an inspiring place for one another. God, when we're having troubles and, and we're seeking help, God, that one of us could step in and, and say intercessory prayers, God, and, and lift each other up to you, God, and, and give each other a word that would be sound and inspirational. God, we say a special prayer for Julie and Cody, Lord, as they take the next step in their life, God, knowing that you are who you say you are, God, and that we have the foundation of your promises in this book that you have given us to stand on. God, and we know that whatever may happen, God, that we pray a hand of protection on Cody. Lord, and we pray for the heavy heart of our sister, Lord, and we just surround her with love, God, and we pray your love on that family. God, and we lift each and every other mother that is dealing with the same thing that's going on across this country, Lord, as as new things are happening, God, and we just pray for your protection on all the graduating seniors, Lord, that they would come to know you if they don't know you, God, that they would truly step out into a, a life of service and gratitude, Lord, underneath your discipline and your correction, God, and, and your love and your mercies that you would have for us. God, we pray that each one of us would be moldable tonight, God, that you would pour into our lives, Lord, that we would gain something by being here. Lord, in your presence, Lord, in seeking your face. Lord, we just love you and thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives. God, everything you're doing in this community, Lord, and we have promises to believe on that you're going to keep doing these things, God, that you want nothing but good for us. Lord, and we're thankful for that. Lord, we just love you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. I was going to actually get to the sermon uh, tonight that I didn't get to today, uh, but it turns out that I'm going to actually do the sermon that I'd wrote earlier in the week because I feel like that's where he's pulling me to. So if you would, I'm going to be in Ephesians 2, Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. While you're flipping there, I'm going to restate this out of Job that I had read earlier today. Um, sometimes in life, we have to realize who we're not to realize what we can be. Um, I've, I've taken some of those hard falls and then realized that Sometimes that you have to find out who you're not before you can figure out who you are. And in, in Job, he had just lost his farm and his family. And uh, I said it this morning, but I'm going to read it again. And Job said, Naked came I out of the mother's womb, and naked I shall return thither. 
the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all, his, in all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God unfoolishly. And when I talk about um, figuring out who you are, that's a continual growth process because I believe as we go along that we continue to grow and change and, and circumstances in our lives that would build up against us or build up for us develop and change who we are. And as we grow with our walk in the Lord, as we're called to grow, um, things and situations change and you have different roles and you do different tasks. Um, I, I never dreamed that I would be a bank manager, nor did I ever have the thought that I wanted to manage a bank. But here we are, and it's in this process that we call life and, and growing <clears throat> with the Lord and where he puts us is going to be the blessed place for us. But we have to realize sometimes that we're not the controller, and then he has to show us that we're not in control to allow him to be in control. And so I'm going to start reading in Ephesians 2, chapter, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. When I read that, I was like, man, what a desolate place. What a place of loneliness and, and what a place of sadness. When you use the term, you have no hope. It bears a whole lot different meaning now than it ever has in my life because I now know the hope of Jesus Christ and what all that means. So to go back in a time of my life where I had no hope at anything, that everything that I was building my stock in was here on this earth and that it's all temporal, uh, just takes me back to a place that makes me realize without God I am nothing. And that's what these were. That's what Gentiles were. They were without God and were not allowed into the, the temples. And even if they were allowed into the temples, they were allowed into the very outskirts of the temples and were not allowed to worship with the rest to a God because it wasn't their God. And so when you talk about having no hope and without God in the world, there are people today that stand in this light and in this shadow that this encumbers what they're thinking of. And this is who they are. They have no hope and they're without God. And guess what? We get an opportunity to share to those people that there is hope and that there is a God. In verse 13 it says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who are sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall, our partition between us. There is no division anymore. There is no division. Everybody has an equal chance at coming and having this hope. This hope of salvation and this hope of eternal life. You know, kind of to go along with what I heard a pastor say the other day. He was talking about people talking believers and non-believers in the same how boring church was 
and how boring church is. And you just go and sit there and it's the longest hour of your life. And he brought up the point that if you think church is boring now, why would you want to spend eternity there? And it was like, whoa. Uh, you know, and then you kind of start back. Sure, well, maybe church ain't so boring, you know. Maybe it's a little livelier. And, and no, that's, I'm, I'm good with eternal church, you know. But we've got to think of ways. If, if we feel like there's things going on in the body of Christ that we feel like we could make better or God is talking to you. And, and Deb shared a little bit tonight that God might be speaking to her that, we have to take these ideas and we've got to run with them and we've got to give them time to progress and we've got to pray about them and we've got to think about them and really focus on our calling of God. But the one thing that we can always count on is that we have hope. We have hope and we have a promise that God is there for us no matter what. And we have a promise that His Son, Jesus Christ, through His blood, we were made whole. It's nothing we did or nothing we can do. And that takes all the boasting out of it because if I could gain my own salvation through my works and what I did, I could look at Max and I could be like, ha ha, look at me. Look what I did. You didn't do that. I did that. But he took all of it out and he says, you are nothing without me. You know, Job had everything taken and he realized the man that he was because he still had hope. He still knew God. And he realized that everything that he had was God's. You know, I, I know you guys have heard me tell the story about when I realized that I didn't have the strength and I was not man enough to raise my own kids. And that's one of the hardest things that I've ever handed over to God. And Julie's going through the same thing right now. But we've got that hope. And our kids have that hope because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did. It's nothing that we have done, but it's all about Him and what He has allowed in our lives. In verse 15 it says, Having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one man, so making peace, and that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. There was a big, big rivalry between the Gentiles and the Jews at that time because the Gentiles were considered unclean people and they were not godly people. And Jesus Christ went to the cross and died and shed his blood. And then Paul came in and he started preaching to the Gentiles because he found favor of them. He said, my gosh, look at their faith and look who they are. And they, they have a greater faith than the Jews have. And I'm going to allow them in and we're going to open this thing up. That's the reason... Jesus Christ came to the cross so that everybody has a chance. Everybody. And it's because of what he did, not because of what we do. And we have to realize that our families and our jobs and our houses and this church and the community are all his blessings. Not because of what we did, but because of what he has done and what he continues to do and the hope that he continues to give his kids and his children that he will call by name one day to receive their crown of righteousness because he has made us whole. 
And so the point I'm wanting you to get across tonight is we have to realize sometimes who we're not before we can become who we're supposed to be. You know, whenever things are going good and things are going right in our lives, it's easy to sail by this Bible sitting on a nightstand and never pick it up because we don't have a whole lot of worries and we don't have a whole lot of troubles in our lives and we must be doing something right because everybody's it's going our way, right? And those are the times that we allow the devil into our lives and we allow him to start doing works and we become a slender. Like I talked about this morning, it's one baby step at a time. But sometimes we realize that we are nothing without Christ. And sometimes he lets us have a glimpse at the power that he has over us. And those are good things. We just talked about God being a righteous judge tonight and how we would be terrible at that job because he wishes none to perish like us. But he's a righteous God and he judges accordingly. He's not saying there's going to be nobody in hell, but he said he wishes nobody to be there. And he gives us hope through his word and through the shed blood of his son. And I just pray for everybody that if it has to hit a rock bottom place for you to figure out what your role in the kingdom of God is, that you will get there and that you will listen to the Lord talking to you and you will realize that you have continued hope and continued promises even at the bottom of the barrel to start climbing back up to hold on to a hand of God that loves you so he can pull you out of these places. Because again, sometimes we have to realize who we're not to realize who we are. In verse 17 it says, And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. He's preaching to both bodies now. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are builded together for habitation of God through the Spirit. We're talking about the body of Christ. When he's talking about building a building together and all the parts got to fit. And if you've ever looked at a brick house or even better yet, a natural stone house, where they put the rocks together on the side, all these pieces have fit together to make a wall. And just like in the body of Christ, it takes a lot of different working, moving pieces to make up the body of Christ. And when everybody is doing accordingly to God's will in their life, all these pieces fit together and will spark off of one another like gears. They'll catch, and one gear will move another gear. The downside comes as to when we start blocking out the word of Christ and we start blocking out the Spirit's pull on our life and one gear stops turning. Then you've got another gear wanting to turn, but this other gear that's not listening and not doing what it's supposed to be doing is not allowing the other one to turn. And so everything kind of takes a stop. So when we realize and we come to a point in our lives where we realize that we are not who we think we are, but we are what God made us to be, will we truly be able to function as a body? Because it's nothing that we've done, it's what he's done, and that's why we're all here. That's why we have access to eternal life. That's why we have hope, because of what he's done, not because of what we've done. And so when somebody asks you who you are, 
your first answer should be, I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the king. Because that's who we identify as once we've accepted his grace and his mercy and his son as our savior in our lives. So that's one of the biggest things that came across my mind is, is getting to that point. And some people, you know, have to fall farther and harder than other people. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know, have all the answers for these things. But all I can say is I'm glad for the rock-solid foundation that we have. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our church. That he gives us the foundation that we need to stand on whenever life throws things our way that aren't so easy. And that we can readily go to his word and find inspiration. And we can find what we're looking for through the hope of his shed blood. Because it's nothing that we did. None of us wrote this book. These truths are solid because it says it is. Because my God said it was. And so we can stand on his word and his foundation. We don't have to make our own foundation. Because we stand on his. Which is stronger than anything that me or you could build. And so when we get to the point of knowing that we are nothing and he is everything, then we are truly usable. But we have to shed everything that this earth will tell you that you've done a great job and, and you've done this and you've built this and you've led that and you've coached this and you've done these things. Only by the grace of God am I doing these things. Only because he's allowed me to be successful am I successful. Only do I have these scars because he's allowed me to have these scars that I would have a testimony that he would build me stronger that he would mold me the way that he wants me to be molded so he said he wants step up no stumbling blocks in front of us so I stand on that promise that he is, does nothing that would make us fall that he would only do things that allow us to build stronger and to come back stronger but sometimes we've got to get to that point where we can't identify with ourselves because we aren't us without him and that's a great thing. That is an absolutely great thing. We're going to open up the altars tonight. And if you truly don't know who you are, if you're at that point in your life that you don't know what is next or what is coming or how far you can fall, come to the foot of the cross. Reach for that rock-solid foundation because when you're stuck and your wheels are spinning, you just need a little bit of traction. And you just need a little bit of Jesus to get your wheels spinning. Just like that song, when you get a little prayer wheel turning. You just need that little spark. You need that little guidance. And we can be that for one another because we're all here for the same purpose. It tells me something when somebody can stand up and speak from their heart and share their problems. That we're all here for the right reason. Because we're not compelled to judge. We're here to support. And we're here to lift up. That's what we're here for. Because we're all here working for Jesus Christ. And we're all here because we know who he is and what he's done in our lives and allowed us to be who we are through him. So if we will just stand for a second, let's take a moment. Let's just listen for God. If he might be telling us something, let's pray. But let's just take a moment that we might identify as his children, not as anything that this earth has told us that we are, or anything that we feel that we are, that we would just come to the neutral spot where he is. <laughs>